This is a headgum podcast. And I don't want the world to see me. Cause I don't think that they'd understand. When everything's made to be broken, I just I want, want you to know who I am. That's Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, my guest's favorite song of the time. We are in the year 2005, and we are in Montreal, Canada. That's right. What's happening in 2005, you say? Well, a couple things. For starters, it's when Tom Cruise jumped on Oprah's couch. It's also when same-sex marriage became legal in Canada. Why can't you say gay? I can say gay. Well, you're with the guest. My guest is chiming in already. I can say gay. Gay marriage became legal. Fantastic. In Canada. Mr. and Mrs. Smith came out. That's when Brad Pitt iconically cheated on Jen Ann. I haven't seen the flick. Well, you got to watch. Carrie Underwood won season four of American Idol. Fantastic. Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher got married in 2005. I already said this on a Blair Saki episode, but Destiny's Child broke up in 2005. Also, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey got divorced. Kristen Wiig made her debut on SNL in 2005. And, of course, The Aviator won all of the Oscars that year in 2005. Oh, so he did get an Oscar. Not for The Aviator. Not for The Aviator. And you know what? I'm just going to bring on in my guest today. Who, if you've been a fan of my podcasts in the past, you will know because you probably go down in history as having maybe the most iconic podcast episode I've ever recorded. You know, see, I thought I inflated it in my head because people have messaged me this episode. No, people. And so I've claimed it as the greatest podcast episode you, Greta Tettleman, have ever recorded with a guest. I agree. But I don't need founding to take such a claim. Like, I will. No, you know, whether I mean, I'm right or wrong, I will run with that. Well, you're right. And my guest Fantastic. today is none other than the Robbie Hoffman. Robbie, oh. thank you so much for joining me today on Senior Superlatives. Such a pleasure to be back. You know, that podcast episode is truly the reason why I don't take down my whole other podcast. If it weren't for that episode, I would say take the whole thing down. Because now I have just a new leave one. that episode up. Just that one just episode. One episode. <laughs> you know, you get the gist of the podcast. We talked here, we talked there. Leave one or two. You know, it's such a treat to have you on this show because I do really have so many questions about kind of the Robbie Hoffman origin story, if you will. So I just want to know, like, up top, I know we're in Montreal, and I just kind of want to know. Who you were, what you were wearing, what was going on, huge. who were your this friends, what was your outfit, did you have a fragrance? Okay. What, uh, like, tell me everything. Okay, so I I had the unique high school experience. I went to a Jewish private high school, clearly, like, uh, you know, but it was a rich school, and I was a poor kid, um, which I was maybe one of three poor kids basically at the entire school, okay? And mm-hmm. I was there on subsidy and whatever, and I was constantly reminded of this. By so your this, peers. By, even by the school more so. I will say this. I will say that there were things like, you know, like like on a small level, like for, for instance, we would have pizza lunch uh-huh. at school, okay? Now, I had a, a uniform school. Okay? What was the uniform? It was like a kilt. It was like very classic you know, ugly uniform, whatever. Did okay. you roll the skirt? No, I had a skirt. My, my mother never, uh, my skirt was way longer. I, mine was a disaster. I always look like hell at school. Um, <laughs> but I was the kid, like we had pizza lunch and I remember you would have to, even as kids, like my whole school experience, pizza lunch was always as traumatic because you would have to give like $2 for pizza and free dress day. Mm-hmm. And you, you just would, get you would have to pay for free dress day. Yeah, because it went like two dollars to cancer or did two dollars to something. I had Mary Beth Barone on the show. Yeah. I don't know if this episode is gonna come out before or after, not to spoil anything, but Mary Beth Barone also went to uniform school, also had to pay this is for the free scam. dress day. This is the scam at these private schools. So the thing is, is like 
you know, and I would go to my mother, you know, as charming as I could be in the morning and be like, hey, ma, looking good. I was wondering if I could get an extra. Just get out of my house. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, nice doing business with you. Mm-hmm. I made you a lunch. That's it. And so I was the kid who came on free dress day in my uniform. And I would be like, I forgot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Very embarrassing. Everybody knew I was beyond poor. Right. And we weren't $2 poor. My mother was also cheap. In addition to being poor, she was just separately cheap. <laughs> it's just like, it's not like we didn't have $2. It's like, a double whammy. Like, it's just the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she could, like, there were easy fixes to a lot of the issues I have growing up, I'm yeah. realizing now. So we would have to, and this started, this was like twice a year, every year for my entire school experience was this free dress day pizza lunch and you would go downstairs and you would have to file in a line down to the auditorium down to our lunchroom and there would be moms there you know yeah like rich kids moms who have nothing to do and those they do the pta thing yeah, and they're yeah, sitting there yeah. and they're taking the tickets and exchanging it they're taking your two dollars they're giving you a ticket for pizza and then you line up in the cafeteria you get your pizza i would go down there in my uniform with my bag of lunch i never had a lunch box again what kind of something lunch were we mother- getting Okay, I had the worst school lunches in human history, in, in human history, and this was this was also um, this ended up becoming my first material ever used, which was just before I knew what material was. I literally just talked about my actual situation, and it turns out that was what comedy was, which worked out great for me. But my lunch was. A pe- every single day, a peanut butter sandwich on rye bread, the tiniest pieces of rye bread for some reason. <laughs> My mother d- never mastered spreading. I don't know what. It was like a lump of peanut butter that she would put together with the two breads and she would put it not in a Ziploc sandwich bag. We had the bags with the twisties. Yeah. Okay. The ones where you have to flap that yep. flap over. She yep. never flapped the flap over and she never used the twisty. But the time you opened your lunch, there was a piece of bread on one end of the, of the bag, piece of bread and a lump of peanut butter somewhere floating in there hard as a rock. Okay. <laughs> I had four saltine crackers. No more, no less. Okay. Horrendous. Okay. And then two tea biscuits. Okay. Which is my mother thinks is a cookie. It's not a cookie. It's for old people. Okay. Tea biscuits. Okay. Which now I think are delicious. Like now if I like in my tea house, biscuits. I have tea biscuits and saltines at all times. Yes. But as a child, all I wanted was like people had uh people had like lunchables and people had sure. like processed things. And then one tangerine that was always too squishy. Ugh. Okay. And then one juice box. I was constantly thirsty. So, I mean, yeah, because you were majority 80%, 90% of your lunch, I'd say, is cardboard. Horrendous. I was tired at school all day long. I had no nutrients whatsoever. And I barely ate my lunch. It's I'm lucky to be alive. And my mother would yell at me like, can't you trade? Don't the kids <laughs> trade? I'm like, Mom, no one wants to trade Oreos for fucking saltines. Like I'm at the bottom Four of, of the them, tra- no less. No, nobody, who am I trading with? And who encourages this behavior? So it was a disaster. I remember filing into the cafeteria where I had to meet one of these moms, you know, and tell them, oh, I have the $2. Uh-huh. And they would look at me like in disgust, like move. Like you're, you're taking up space. Like we have tickets to file. Oh my we have God. people's cash to take and like just move forward. They were rude to you. Yeah, they were, they treated me like, like literally you know, second class, which I was. And then I would go and I would eat with my friends, my regular lunch. Now, side story to this, and we'll see if we ever get to the end of any full story in this podcast with me and you, Greta. But um, (laughs) side story to this also was that peanut butter had been banned at my school. Because of the allergies. Yeah. Okay. We were not allowed it. And my mother just refused. Okay. (laughs) So my mother just for some, at the school for free. Okay. Beautiful school, state of the art, the whole Get, you know, yeah, the whole gorgeous thing. Okay. campus, beautiful. You have a full like state of the art theater. Yeah, there's like science rooms with little test tubes, like yeah. the whole thing. Okay. My mother's not doing the peanut butter thing. She's like, "Well, you tell them they can make your lunch then." Okay, not the hardest demand. And the worst part is, my best friend was allergic to peanut butter. Like it was because <laughs> of my best friend. Like it's not even like, oh, and my mother, but like, can't you not sit next to her? And it's like, ma, are you asking me to self-isolate at school? <laughs> like I have a friend, like let me, like it's literally my best friend's allergic. So I would have to like shovel whatever I wanted to shovel <laughs> on the corner and then join my friends and sit with them. I'd rinse out my mouth and the whole bit. Oh my God. So pizza lunch day, I get into the cafeteria with my lunch. Everybody's got pizza. People have two slices. Okay, brutal. It is brutal when you see that. Okay, everybody has pizza. Okay, there's maybe I would say a thousand kids at the school, maybe eight hundred. Okay, and maybe there's two or three kids who don't have pizza. 
it's like what kind of a Yiddish kite school is this? It's like either pizza for everyone or no pizza at all. <laughs> like if there's three kids sitting there without the pizza, just give, give the it pizza. To the, just include the price of the pizza into the tuition. Yeah. The head of the year and just do this yeah. separately. Like what kind of like you have three. It's the same with scholastics. Well, you're, like scholastics was this weird show of haves and haves not like did you have like a scholastics like book list like people would order yes, books yes 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 they would come to the class but yes. mostly people wanted to order the books that had the best toys attached yes, to them or yes whatever. yes could you imagine that at least twice a year throughout my entire life i have sat in a class when everybody gets something and i don't get anything no that is so fucked up is that also not, that's especially the biggest trauma of my life it's of course it's like it, it. You already feel othered in your private school environment, and then it's like a place that is that can afford to make Beyond. you feel included in every turn still doesn't. Yeah, and people get these big stacks of books, and some come with a gooey hand, and some come with the like gooey hand. Yeah, like people had like different like creepy crawler type things or whatever they had. I don't know. They were always throwing in some extra gimmick. And it, it it was really, I would, I, I classify this as more traumatizing than like my parents' divorce. Like yeah. just sitting there, this lesson of haves and haves not that I learned early and it's the chip I still carry. And the chip, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between is only getting bigger. <laughs> my chip. Okay, I do. Some people heal. I do the opposite of that. Well, I get worse. It's I terrible. always, I always, I ask sometimes and sometimes I don't, but like, one of my reasons for starting this podcast is because I do feel that like these experiences that we went through between the ages of, you know, I would say even starting pre high school, but really like 14 to 18, yeah, yeah, yeah. 14 to 17. These moments like really imprint on you That's because true. it's when you get a little bit adult but you're still living under your parents roof and it's when you have to start kind of building your identity and you start to understand in the microcosm that is your school how society kind of works i, I couldn't agree more it, it's all right there yeah it's, it's there right the there beginning. for you yeah you know and 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 i should clarify that high school in canada begins in the seventh grade so keep in mind, you're like 12 to whatever. Like it's even Because you like, did high school 12 to 17. Yeah, that's that's how it is there. And so this is the point you meet me at, just to answer your right. early question. Yes. Okay, so we've gone through all this. And I, I somehow, I'm very sociable. Mm-hmm. I do well socially. Mm-hmm. Okay, high school's a time I got a great group of girlfriends. Okay. I'm somehow, even though I'm wearing nothing that everybody has, people had mod robes, people had this. I do remember some of my rich friends, people, I'm, some people I'm still friends with to mm-hmm. this day, all cobbled together for my birthday to get me a pair of mod robes. Not the color I wanted. They went with a royal blue, <laughs> which like, not my favorite, but it is what it is. And they were stolen at camp that summer no. by this bitch Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Jewish summer camp they were stolen it's like you know I got nothing yeah why are you taking my fuck why so anyway these people have insecure the rich always you know the rich get richer yeah it is what it is this girl Chelsea she must have had three four different pairs whatever and but did you know she stole them from you yeah I saw her wearing them it's like the royal blow I'm like they're obviously mine and you're by the way squeezing into them (laughs) by the way by the way Okay, but we don't have to get into it. So anyway, you meet me at school and I get, so this is ninth grade now. I get a tuck for my best. So we're entering ninth grade. Sorry, it's the end of the summer. And shout out to Shani. I love you. My best friend sits me down. Okay. Let's me know. I'm bringing down the group. You're bringing down bringing down the group. Okay, I look like hell. So the group chatted and they were like, Robbie's bringing us down. Bringing them down, okay? Now, at this point, the first day of school was free dress day, no payment, okay? It was kind of like a half day orientation type thing. And Shani's big goal was like to have, you know, she was like, you're going to need a pair of Miss 60s. Oh my God. Okay. You know, we we talk about Miss 60 on this podcast. This is the second time that my heritage brand Miss 60 has been brought up. And what was their sister brand? Kahlua or something? Uh, Diesel. Wasn't that, that the they sister? They had like another, a K brand. Diesel didn't, ca- I'll it tell was, you, Miss. I'm going to look it up. Diesel was older from what I remember. I know it was still big here. 
Miss. People wanted in Canada, they wanted Abercrombie, which they couldn't get. And definitely, and, and Miss Abercrombie was not available in Canada. Not available. Really? Yeah, yeah. People who were rich went down to Burlington and different things, and they were able to shop for it in the States. I had no idea. They had a K brand associated with them. Shani, leave a comment. If you remember it. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to find out and what so this brand was. I wanted to reason with her. I was like, okay, I think I could do it. Because up until this one, I was wearing what, like, free shirts from, like, some marathon that a bank sponsored. <laughs> okay, and, like, the shirt was, like... Yeah, 900 had, sizes too yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, I had no control over anything I wore. We shopped at Village de Valeur, which is Value Village, which I don't know if that exists here, but it's, It does. It, Okay, so it's like a Salvation Army type yeah. thing. And that blew, and then in college later on, it became cool to shop at Value Village right. for Les de Valeur. And I kind of always had this trauma about it because like my family shopped there for clothes. Right. Like that's where we got our shit. And we were eclectic. I will say this, my older sister Chaya, shout out, um, had incredible taste. And this is something that still holds true for me today is that I don't, if you're poor and you look cool, my God, God, do you have taste? Mm-hmm. What you are creating from nothing, it's nothing but your own taste right. and style. It's really impressive to me. And I love it. And that's why you you people are always questioning rich people who buy these gaudy things and they have no taste. No, they don't. Yeah. They they they've conflated that money buys taste. It doesn't. Money can buy nice things, but you still have to know how to pick those things out. Well, in the in the wise words of Luann, the former housewife, oh. money can't buy you class. No, it certainly can it either. Certainly in fact, cannot. I think it can D class. You know, yeah, in many ways in this country. So did you get the Miss 60 for the first? No, day because I was, I was willing to. OK, I was sitting. We were sitting on her stairs outside. First of all, she's uh, so she said, you need a Miss 60. I said, uh, how much? Yeah, it goes for what are we talking? And she said, 200. I said, you've been to my house like, you know, this is not going to happen. Like, I just remember even telling her, like, here, come, we'll ask my mother for $200 to see how it goes. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, mom, looking good. You know, my, after my, <laughs> I was like, you know, for this year, I'm like kind of growing up. I'd really like to like invest in like what I look like. Like, if there's any way to get a, you know, jeans, you know, if you have like $200, get out of my, you know, yeah, like, screaming immediately. Immediately, like, like, I don't have anything. So that's how that went. And then she told me I have to wear a purse at all times. What? Yes. Okay, that we are now, and I was like, what am I going to put in the purse? She said, I don't care. Nothing. <laughs> you better just have it on you, okay? So you were you said, were living by your clique's rules. Yeah, because they were, by the way, we ha- were so fun. Yeah. Okay, we had the best time. I wasn't like claiming that I was the expert on these things. Right. I was the funny one. I was the one who like got, you know, talked to the guys first, right. got us the guys to talk to, but it was never taken seriously by them. So I had a lot of value. Yeah. You were you were the ultimate wing person. You were the good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were the good time. You always knew Robbie's coming. Yeah, that, that you'll be the, you'll be sort of the face of the brand. Yeah, in exactly. Many ways. And and they were all funny. I would say that my group of friends was extremely funny, but they also were more into that stuff. I just knew I, I that stuff wasn't accessible to me, so I never tried to do it. Right. And the other few poor kids at the school, I feel like secretly always resented me that I kind of got in with kids who weren't also poor. Mm-hmm. Because I think they tried to keep up with it versus I just knew it wasn't possible. Right. So I just, you know, people had Jordans, I had Shaqs. Right. Because Payla sold Shaqs. Right. Like, I just didn't give a shit as much. And I just rocked my own personal, like, you know, for lack of better, brand before sure. that was even a thing, before anything else. But I always sensed the resentment on the bus from, from you the know, other oh, kids. I should also be with the pores. But the other pores were boring. It had nothing to do. <laughs> It had, no, it had nothing to do. So anyway, so she gives me a purse. One of hers. Alone. Okay. Okay. Of course, this should have been a sign. She must have known I was already gay because the purse she chooses to give me is a corduroy <laughs> army green Levi's purse with a big pocket at the front. It's stunning. Like okay. a Levi's pant butt pocket. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I wear this. Every day. Crossbody. No, over the over shoulder. Over the shoulder. Okay. I had nothing to put in it. So I had nothing in it for two years. I didn't have anything. Like, I have, no, I, I, I think, I didn't even, maybe my bus pass. I didn't have a wallet. Right? So I, I had a bus pass that was like in a bus pass holder. Yeah. 
Um, but nothing else. And that's the way I did it. We went to the movies. If my mother would give me 20, the 20 would go loose. <laughs> in the green in corner. The right? Yeah. And that was my whole life. And I also had a school bag because I refused. She was also starting to like float this idea that we would not be using backpacks anymore. We'd sure. be putting everything into the side bag, the tote. Right. Which I could not. Well, because that became a huge that was a real shift that happened in our high school time of like people going from backpack to yeah. no, if you're carrying a backpack, you're a fucking nerd. Yeah. You need to be carrying, especially in the rich kid schools, you need to be carrying a long chomp. You need to be Oh yeah, carrying, they had all that. Yeah, yeah. This was it. This was the whole vibe. Was it was a shoulder shop. bag. Now I never, my friends knew where to stop pushing me because they knew I wasn't getting on board with that. It's no. too heavy. I got these math textbooks. No, I got it's a lot of homework. ruins your posture. I, I had six or seven binders and every, my school bag was all binders. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. Did you have like, wheels? No, no, no. I didn't fuck. I hated those kids too. When the <laughs> wheel came out, I mean, these there's, there's slow and then there's those kids. So that was what happened. And then I will say that this started <laughs> this and shout it again to my my business partner, but this started my first ever business. This purse thing, Shani was actually onto because we ended up opening our own purse company. What do you mean? I'm not even In joking. high school? In high school, my friend Shani and I, and I should have brought, like, I still have to, I just, she just had a baby and I just went to visit her with the baby and I brought her one of the original Chanel bags. <laughs> okay, the company's, or the, the company was originally called Ricochet, which was like Robbie and like A was like French and Chani, like Ricochet. But then Chani decided to, th- to throw a board meeting, just me and her. Okay. And that she, we're, we're, do- we're doing a name change, branding. Uh, it's not going to work, Ricochet. How old were you when you started we're like Ricochet. 14. Okay. And you you started the brand because you were like, every girl needs a purse. No, so she had gotten big in purses. So we all got the purse band date. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm like, she's not wrong. My life is like immediately 10 times better. I can't explain why. <laughs> okay. I'm like Im- immediately like boys are talking to me like she really worked it out. People are taking you seriously now. Yeah, with I purse. have a purse. Yeah, like this you're is, a woman. Yeah, yeah. This is like I'm. I'm not just at the mall from the movie. Like, hey guys, like you're grown. I don't know if I can stay here. I might be meeting some other people. Like I'm walking to the other parking lot. We were always in a parking lot. It was like, anyway, and she sat me down. We were having a name change, and the name would be Chanel. Her name. So it was just her and Chanel now. I was totally kicked out. Okay. It was just this riff off Chanel. And because she was the biggest fan of Betsy Johnson. Love Betsy. And she thought because I was American, we would go down there to the US. (laughs) Okay. And we would meet Betsy. Sure. And of course, Betsy would love our designs, which were just very rudimentary purse designs. Um, Who sewed them? We sewed them. By hand? By hand. Okay. I was also, I was director of sales slash the only sales department. Shani refused to sell anything, was terrified. What I would do is corner smaller kids and have them buy a bag that was not good quality and would fall apart in like an instant. And, and, you know, we sold them for 25 or $35 or $30. Oh my God. This is expensive. Yeah. Some kids would be like, I don't have money. I'm like, well, is your mother picking you up after school? I'll walk to the car. I would walk to that car. With that kid and be like, this is $25. Like they said they would buy it, but they don't have money. You know, rich parents, whatever. We did so well in sales. We made something like $400. Oh my God. But we did not understand the concept of reinvestment. We spent it all on money, uh, all our money on like cabs and food. <laughs> like not even anywhere special, like literally to the movie and like food at the movie. And that was it. And her parents at one point were so proud of us starting this business that they bought us a sewing machine, which we never... <laughs> used like we tried to figure out how to do it but it was just before youtube was really like you know had we had one well, youtube video 2005 was also i think big year for youtube that was kind of youtube's like birth in many right ways. and but they didn't have like anything you wanted no, there were no there tutorials yeah. it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. weird spoof videos and like that was it yeah people so that didn't was understand the, the instructional aspects of youtube yet no so you had the purse business all throughout high school or was no, no, it, no. Just, it, 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 it was folded. really a season. It folded. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just that year. Um, but we did catch our friend. Shout out to Leanna Bolinsky Baker, who's a 
pretty snazzy reporter up at uh, Bloomberg now. Love that. But her mother was spotted on the bus wearing an original chenille, was using it. Leanna had bought her a chenille for her. What a good friend. She bought a purse from us. Yeah. For her mother's birthday. And her mother was so, so touched and loved it. And her mother wore it. For years, and it actually held up. The oh, one she got. my God. Yeah. Amazing people. <laughs> amazing. So we're in high school. You have an amazing friend group. Are you studious? Are you a good student? What's going on with There's school? There's a big work? shift. OK. Terrible student the first three years of high school. Keep in mind, again, don't come at me. There's five years of high school where I am. Yeah. OK. So seven, eight, nine. What? Terrible. OK. Maybe like 70s. Like I would get like. We're, you know. we're doing we're doing C plus B minus work or are we doing like C minus so D see plus we work? Oh, did only out of 100. OK, we only did percentage. So I guess it's let's like what like B minus a 70, I think, falls into the C plus category. Yeah, C plus is uh, oh, I'm doing uh, B's. I was a B. big C plus girl. C yeah. plus B minus was that was my wheelhouse. Yeah. So that was me for the first three years because I really didn't care. I was, you know, constantly telling teachers to go back to Israel if I didn't <laughs> agree with them, you know, not even on anything political. Like they would literally be Hebrew teachers or Judaica teachers that I thought, you know, that they were running their classroom like, you know, these draconian style classrooms where nobody could say anything and whatever. And Did you get in trouble? All the time. I was kicked out all the time. Um, it was really, really bad. I was obviously reacting probably just nobody asked in those like, is everything happening? Okay. Is oh. everything at home? Okay. Nobody. These were not questions of no. the time. They I think about like, this all the time. Yeah. I was failing, floundering right. in school, falling asleep in class constantly. Not nobody a single does. teacher was like, Hey, uh, is everything okay at home? What's going on at home? And right. now I think I would hope that we've evolved, you know, years later to being a bit more in touch with that. But if, I were my student in high school. I definitely would have been like, hey. pulled me aside after class and like, hey, I noticed that you are incredibly anxious and falling asleep during class and you're failing. And I just want to make sure everything is okay in your personal life. Truly, truly. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it, it was, you know, I was in trouble all the time. I do remember it was like so bad because I hated being in trouble. At one point I was like, oh, I really don't want to be known as this kid or whatever. And I remember I just made a vow to myself because I was like, oh, I, if I got one more detention or something, I was going to be like sitting in the library all week. Oh, one other poor thing they did not to bring it back was we would have field trips. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, we'll eventually finish the story. You see how this podcast is going. <laughs> Me doing an aside to your audience. Um, and one of the field trips in high school is like this old Montreal trip. Mm -hmm. Like Montreal has a historically um, immigrant uh, history with with a big wave of Jewish immigration. So a lot of old Montreal incorporates this really, you know, special time in Jewish history. So it was this educational field trip, tour of old Montreal, see the old like shtetl, like schools, like the little boys and girls schools, the bathhouses, the, the, where they made bagels, whatever, whatever. And I think the field trip must have been $35. Okay, you're paying for the bus, whatever. And my mother was like, no. Okay, so I'm like, yeah, my mother didn't have the $35, so she didn't sign the waiver. They're like, okay, you'll sit in the library. What? And research Old Montreal. I was on a... They didn't have me go. I was the only kid. When you could just get on the bus. Just get me on the bus. Like, you have a kid who actually is more Jewish. I was the religious kid at my school, too. Keep in mind, this school was conservative, but it wasn't... I was still the more religious kid. You still were from an Orthodox the, home. Yes, and I was still the only one of the only strictly kosher kids okay and i could have benefited from this history also my grandparents on my mother's side from montreal actually part of those histories that we were visiting oh my god okay so they have me in the library looking at the computer doing my own research on old montreal when i could have been out the bus so these were the many ways in which i was reminded of my second classness right um i also squandered the opportunity for years because i was a terrible kid and whatever i think there was a lot of resentment from the school i remember going on one shabbaton which is like a weekend of jewish fun mm -hmm. it's like you do shabbat and it's basically to get jewish kids excited about judaism it's right. like a weekend retreat and to get us flirting with boys at that age mm -hmm. and other jewish boys and thinking about it and i remember we all skipped synagogue because it's the boring part we all wanted to go back to our rooms because it's kind of like a hotel you're not in a hotel you're at a camp mm -hmm. but it's set up like you know you're a sleepover 
And we wanted to go back to our rooms and just fuck around, listen to music, flirt, hang out. And everybody got busted in the rooms. And then the, the vice principal, may she rest in peace, she pulled me aside of everyone. Like I remember we were all running back to synagogue because we all got in trouble, we're like shit, 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 shit. And she pulled me, she said, you of all people. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Like what, because I'm on subsidy, I should... They were constantly reminding me the favor like they were doing. like, you should be lucky to be here. Yes, and, that you and should and be an example. That, yeah. right, you need to be following the rules. More so than any other kid. And you know what? My mother, who's never fought ever in her life, it, it felt like, like my mother was like the kind of kid, when you got your class list the first day and you didn't like your, the class you were in, too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad. She's not calling a school. And that was my mom classes, too. Okay. There was many kids, they would like change the class. I'd be like, ma, I have no friends in this class. So you make friends. Yeah. That's the end of it. My mother called the school so fast when she heard that. She was like, how was the Shabbaton? And I told her, I said, yeah, we all got in trouble, whatever. I was telling my mother honestly. And she said, she, she said that too. My mother has never called so fast. And it just was a lesson in my mother defending me. And also in like knowing that my mother knew what to care about. Right. You know, she knew not to care about that, you know. Yeah, of but, course, you're going to make friends in a new class. You're going to be fine. But but she knew that I should not be singled out for being no. different. either help us or don't help at all. My kid could be anything like any other kid. You make no mention of this. We don't help to say we help. And I learned that from my mother in many ways. You know, even though we were poor when we would walk sometimes, my mother would say, oh, it's really tight. Or she was always clutching her purse. But then some nun or somebody homeless would ask my mother for money and she would take and give a five and right I'm like, ma a five i thought we got nothing now you're giving out fives but my mother's like sometimes it's good to give uh to remind yourself you're in a position to give and that you don't give you know many people my brother would be like he's gonna spend it on blues it doesn't matter what he spends it yeah. on. yeah it's not for me to say what somebody spends something on you give to give and nothing else um so great lesson early on Back to, I was getting in trouble like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember I made a deal with myself because they were like, if one more time you you get kicked out of class for anything, you're suspended or you're in the library for a week or whatever. So I said, you know what? I'm not even going to talk today at school. I am not going to say a word because for some reason, when I open my mouth, something goes awry. <laughs> so I committed. I like got to school. I'm like, mm. Barely interactive with friends. Like I was like, even if they were all like hanging out by the lockers, I'm like, just don't, something can come of that. You don't want to be triggered. In with your way. purse, with your purse gang, you didn't even talk to yeah, them. Yeah, like I was talking to them, but I wasn't like jumping in. Did you the tell them what was happening? Were you like, you guys, I'm putting no, myself no, no. on lockdown? Like, this was just me, myself and I, this is what we're going to do. We're not even going to talk. Suddenly I'm in a class. Okay. Where a fight breaks out just in front of me. I've done, I'm, I'm sitting at a desk in the back. Okay. And there's two kids kind of, it's kind of getting out of hand. Like it starts like a physical. screaming and then becomes a little physical pushing desk. Nothing mm-hmm. was ever too physical at my private Jewish school. Like we didn't have anything, <laughs> you know, crazy to write home about. But for the level of school, it's all relative. This was a big deal. And suddenly the teacher walks in and sees this carfuffle happen and goes, you. To you. No, to them. Everybody in that section. So them, me. And I'm like, I'm just here. <laughs> Like, I actually haven't talked all day. And I was implicated just because I was around. And like the four of us had to go to the office. And I'm like, telling the office, I'm like, I, but I didn't even say anything. Yeah, you didn't even do anything. And I felt totally defeated. Like, oh my God, the one day I didn't do anything. I'm still you in trouble. You get busted up. So come the ninth grade, this is what where I'm feeling. Okay, my self-esteem is not, I feel like, okay, I'm like kind of this... I'm always in trouble. I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm, you know, I'm always getting involved where I shouldn't get involved. I'm nosy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, it's to my detriment and my grace. So uh, Mr. Nathan's sin, it was either Mr. Nathan's or Mr. Nathan's sins. Okay. Now he was a history teacher, Canadian history teacher, who I believe was like, I don't know what the word is, but avoiding he, uh, people who he was like a, a Vietnam Dodger. Like basically he was American. <laughs> yes. And he ended up in Canada because he didn't, he didn't want to go, go to, to Vietnam, war to Vietnam. And so he's like not even allowed to go back to the U.S., but also then taught us Canadian history. He was extremely rude, scary, um, an enormous man who rested his hands on his stomach and like would sit back and kind wow. of like. 
tell us stuff. Okay. Um, and then I remember at one point when he was giving out tests, he had an itch on his arm and he started scratching his arm over my desk and his skin flakes. Ew. Yeah. His skin flakes fell on my on my paper. Oh. I was horrified. It, it's a thought that's remained with me. Sick. Yeah. Also more traumatic than my parents' divorce. Let's say I'm scratching his arm. So he, they, they sit the teachers down. We don't know this. But apparently our school is really close to getting the number one spot for some testing. <sighs> Generic Quebec testing. I don't know what. But if Mr. If, if Mr. Nathan has the highest average in his class... It's good for him. I don't know why. Okay. So he lets us know this. Like, I don't even think he's supposed to share this. But he's like, basically what this means for you, class, is anybody who scores 100% on the final will get $100 from me. Wow. And how many kids are in your class? Like 32. That's a lot of money. Well, he was... Listen, he wanted this price. I don't know. I'm Seriously. Sure, I don't know if he was up for tenor or what the hell this meant to him, but it meant something big. I don't know if they were going to yeah, ship him back to the $3, US. $3,200 yeah. is insane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were going to send him back if he didn't get that, clench that number one spot. I don't, I don't know if the school was going to pay him back for it or what it is. You know, they were up to all kinds over there. So I'm like, oh, I've never been more motivated in my life. <laughs> I memorized every date. Okay, I just literally memorized absolutely everything. I got 100 on the final. Me and like nine other kids or something, okay? We get 100. And I'm like, huh. Which, by the way, just shows you how much I'm motivated by money. It's like when I had a meeting recently and they're like, what motivates you? Right. I'm like, money. I'm highly motivated to not be poor, if you can imagine. Um, It really helps me feel comfortable and confident and I, I enjoy looking I enjoy having it I for think whatever that, reason I think that a lot of people feel the same yeah and that was my first like if you want me to do something you pay me, you pay and, me I will and I'll trust and I'll do it and it's the first time I thought like oh I'm smart yeah like it wasn't that hard no I remember and it's the first time I really realized my memory mm-hmm. and my memory continues knock on wood to be incredible and I it's something that from that point forward, I just I I decided to try getting a hundred on everything. Wow! And I became an A student, like tenth and eleventh grade. Yeah, my averages were eighties, then eighty five, then ninety, ninety five. I did extremely well in school. School had a turning point for me completely. When I figured out, when I had the small self esteem that I could do it, mm-hmm. nobody had ever told me I could do it. Right, and there was no incentive for me to do it. It made no sense. Um, but then as soon as I figured out like, oh, I could do it. I'm kind of good at it. I became kind of, that's what I did in everything. Wow. Yeah. That's really amazing. I I had a similar thing happened where I think I was just so riddled with anxiety all through high school, like riddled deeply with anxiety. I desperately wish I got put on medication sooner in high school Uh. because I was just a mess. I mean, just a mess. But then once things started to kind of settle slightly for me toward the end of my junior and then my senior year, Mm -hmm. suddenly I was like, oh, I guess this isn't that hard. No. Like I had a, a mental flip where I was like, okay, I guess I can do this. But then at that point here, getting good grades your senior year, it didn't matter. No, because that didn't. It. Yeah, that didn't matter. Like, so, so what? I applied to college, even though I'm getting A's now, I still it didn't compensate for all the C's I was getting where for the first three in? years. To college? Yeah. I applied to my parents. My dad really is a, and, and, you know, my my dad way more so than my mom. Both of my siblings went to Ivy League schools. Name names. What school? They both went to Penn. Very nice. And both of my siblings are very, very good at school. Like like you're like we're talking about. They kind of cracked the code of school. Right. They they figured out, you know, the equation that was mm-hmm. sit down, retain the information, take the test, get 100. Right. Move on. Right. My dad really wanted me to apply to Penn. I fully had a two point 
six right. GPA. Right. Okay, right. they're they're uh, they don't even look my. I wish you had done a video submission. My I should have like <laughs> L Woods. My application probably didn't even get it to no. anywhere. No. It dissolved. Nothing the second I sent it You off, just knew. Yeah, no, it just it just dissolved. So I applied to thirteen colleges. Wow. I went to it's not cheap. I went to a private high school that was also very competitive, very like when I tell you the amount of pressure students were under at my school, it was crazy. And I will go down in history saying that high school was the hardest learning I've ever had in my life. Like College was a fucking right. cakewalk compared to it's a business here at college. It's run it's, it's it, that's what they stress out the kids in high school. It's so fucking stressful. I mean, kids that were so I felt so bad for them because like I really had this feeling of being like, fuck this place. This isn't I know I'm gonna be there's so much more beyond this. Yeah, so for yeah. me, I didn't have this very singular view right. of high school, but some kids, I mean, they were smart, sobbing they were in the halls over getting a B plus on oh something or just like crazy, not getting into the AP class they want. Just, just nuts. Like, it's funny because I had a really smart grade of people, but we didn't have that pressure. Like there were people who went to Penn from my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Brandon who I think went to Penn um, but they were naturally brilliant kids and this girl Leanna who bought the purse for her mother is brilliant beyond and she she went to Northwestern and a lot of people got into school but I don't I think they put a little bit of the pressure on themselves for sure but it's almost interesting that they got in anyway even though they didn't have the American system yeah of like they just got they got to be a little more casual they probably didn't have the same stakes that you guys had so it helped them get in because they came off maybe realer or whatever they were also brilliant well I also no just think that that by the way is such an American thing right like the pressure the stakes like in this country every single thing feels so high stakes like it's crazy it's just constant it's non-stop because i mean this is a whole separate conversation but it's just like you are a part of a capitalist wheel that is demanding constant performance 24 7 and that starts at a very young age well because the schools are fighting for your money so so the universities put pressures on the kids and give them these things and it's like what are the richest best kids that we're gonna get it's like all like a factory feeding into these schools yeah you know when i was in um when I was applying to college, so I only did one. I only applied to McGill. Um, because school. it was uh, local. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God. Um, and and that was it. And, and, and I was, I had a teacher acting. I took this acting thing who, this is how no pressure this was. This guy came to me. He said, I summer at Yale. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a summer professor there and I'm doing my fellowship whatever. I don't know what, you know. And I really want to put you up as part of my 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 program here at the high school. We get to recommend if we feel passionately and I really would like to put you up. Um and this was already after high school. This is something we do in Montreal called CJP. It's like a college prep. It's mm-hmm. one or two years. It's a ridiculous waste of time. But anyway, he said, I really want to put you up for um, the drama at Yale. Wow. Okay. And I was like, and he's like, I will write the letter and do everything. He tells me. Okay. And I'd done one little thing. Okay. And I go to look up how much it is to apply. So he said, just apply and let me know when you've applied and I'll send my letter in or whatever he has to do. And I ran into him like months later and He's like, you never, I'm like, no, it was 60 USD to apply. Yeah. McGill was free. No, I just, I-, I never even thought about what that could do for my life because nobody had talked to me. When I got into McGill, my mother said, I said, Ma, I got into McGill. I start next week. I'm moving out. And she said, well, I can't pay for your bus pass anymore. Like there was no mention of, of like, oh, school is exciting. Like it was almost like, nothing right so I didn't know the stakes of Yale or anything and McGill ended up being a great school and I went to school for six thousand Canadian dollars right total 
Um, I have like an experience that Americans don't even know of anymore where I paid for my school as I was doing my school. Like right. the first year was free on scholarship and then the other two years were subsidized and it was like $3,000 a year. That's crazy. And they gave me a job at the school that I worked part-time and was able to like pay, pay off, off school, school with this part-time job. Doing it. Um, that's crazy. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish that I was able to not feel so fucking stressed about it. I also hate the fact that I like, I'm very smart. I'm a very smart person. A hundred percent. And I didn't really know that. No. When I was that age, I wish that someone was able to come up to me and been like, Hey, you're really smart. This environment is not Not right for you. It's all going to come together. Take a year off, maybe like figure something out. Because what you do now is so hard and takes like, it's such a different, it's just not something that the school system, I mean, the school system, and these are things that historically you could look up. I mean, it's like based still off a system that was designed to have us working at factories yeah, and 100%. being like complacent people who want to work like regular jobs. And so people who think outside of the box, which is where the money is and where actual intelligence probably exists, yes. are just not rewarded. It's crazy. And now I I think there's some programs that are different probably, but I think ultimately the herd, the sheep is like, you know, the people are are fear driven. And so, you know, uh, would choose a life more in the box, a safer life than Mm -hmm. what is possibly out there. What don't we know? Um, So kids like us, it's like, well, you know, if you're not, if you're questioning, questioning isn't good. Right. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. So I need to know. I mean, I could yeah. literally chat with you forever, but I do have to know what is like a quintessential high school story for you, a story for you that is like a defining moment. Well, OK, it was with this guy. Seth came on my chest. I just need to clear it up. <laughs> OK, because it's in a yearbook. Somebody put it in their thing. OK, and I denied it for years and I'm coming clean. So this is this is your story. Is this not a good story? No. What what does the story have to be? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Wait, in high why school. did he say? Wait. Why did he say? Hold on. <laughs> Seth wrote in your yearbook. No, no. Somebody, his friend Joel, I believe, wrote in the yearbook that. Oh, shout out to my buddy coming on this girl's chest. Okay, it being mine, and I denied it. I always said that he came on my stomach. And he and he came on your chest. He did. So I think that I need to file this. I need. I think that I need to file this. This is maybe rather than your high school story. This is maybe your high school guidance counselor moment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wait, what? What? Give me an example of a high school story. I don't know, like like anything, anything that you could think of, like getting drunk, smoking pot, making out. See, I was a good kid. You didn't. You didn't drink. That. You didn't smoke. You didn't yeah, do nothing. No, bad. I think I, I I tried weed after high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we thought we were actually good kids. Like we were good nature. Like we had so much fun and, and, you know, it was mostly about like, you know, our friendship circle was so close and we had house parties and stuff, but looking back at what other kids were doing, we were prudes. Like, right. you know, we maybe like got into my friend's Manischewitz and we mixed it with orange <laughs> juice, you know, and would like hide it before her parents came home. But like looking back, we thought we were being like such rebels and we were like generally very good kids. Was anyone having sex? No one in my group was having sex. And in my grade, I think only two people had sex. Really? Yes. And was it, were they like a couple that were having sex? Yes, they were a couple. They had sex though, eighth grade. So it was very, very early, but they were like in love and to be married and whatever. And they're both Did they end up getting married? No, no, no. But they're they're both married, but not to each other. There's always that couple. Everyone has one in their class. The couple that is so serious, that is so seriously together. It's so committed. It's crazy. Did you have a boyfriend in high school? Yes, I had. So I had a boyfriend-ish in high school. He's more like a slave. I don't know how to really put it. I wasn't like like I did not know I was gay at all I'm not somebody who grew up knowing knowing I was gay I didn't think of this at all I was as shocked as everybody was when I came out like I was like I didn't even know never really thought about it this guy Zach shout out to Zach um, who I credit for turning me gay Um, no he had extremely and you know this Zach extremely large cankles Um, so on days he wore shorts I found it difficult uh, to communicate with him. But really, he was the because nicest guy. Because his yeah. were distracting. Yeah, they were very distracting. He was the nicest guy, and he continues to be the nicest guy. And he grew up to be extremely good looking, but he was not very good looking. In high school, he looked awkward and strange, and he wore Oakley 
eyeglasses, which over seeing the top, glasses, yeah, seeing not glasses, sunglasses, not sunglasses. Wow, that's okay. It's I horrifying. will say ahead of his time, ahead of his time, horrifying at the time. Okay, <laughs> and I'm already just trying to fit in. I'm the poor kid, he's extremely wealthy. Whatever. Did you like him? I liked him, but I like I didn't like. We always ebbed and flowed like where he wanted to be serious and I wasn't. And then he would like back off and I'd be like, no, I think we could do it. And then we never, I mean, it was like to even call it a relationship. It's a joke. Basically, he would bring me Tim Hortons ice caps. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which was amazing. And I wouldn't talk to him. Like that was the extent of our relationship. Did you have a cell phone? No. Did you have like AIM, MSN Messenger? We had ICQ. What's ICQ? ICQ was an Israeli developed chat. Okay, and when you get them, it's exactly like MSN, but it's what they used in Canada, or at least my school. Uh, and it was uh, it was chat, just like MSN. MSN came out later, and we yeah. loved MSN, but ICQ really, I was like strawberry something on ICQ because I had red hair when I was younger. I still have red hair, but my girlfriend now has really red hair, and so I've been relegated been, you're, to You're nothing. no longer yeah, red hair. Yeah, I'm not allowed to claim it anymore, even though it is my pigment. It's not changeable. So anyway. We had ICQ, and whenever you would get a message, you would be like, "Uh uh-oh. I Uh love that. Yeah, and I would spend many, many nights on ICQ and many nights with my friend Shani helping her talk to boys. Somebody would write her something, I would help her with a response. Somebody would write, and we would do this all night long. Um, So a high school story. Yeah, (laughs) we're back to the story. So let me say the come on the chat and you'll tell me if it's a, if it's a story. Well, you can do whatever you want. Okay. So and, I, and do you think the come on the chest is a trauma that you need to recover from that you'd like to talk to the guidance counselor about who is also me? Because if so, we can enter into the guidance counselor's office right now. And that's just a little sound cue that my producer drops in. Yes, we can do that. Okay. Okay. And we could do it. Let's see. Let's see if it's that. Okay. okay you ready? We might have a different. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, is there a knock on the door? <gasps> yes, it is. You may enter. Welcome to the high school guidance counselor's office. And the guidance counselor is me. This is when we decide to right a wrong of the past. Mm. Something that something that you that haunts you, that you still think of, yes. something that traumatizes you, something that you say like God, I wish I could go back in time and tell them this or do that or whatever it may be. I wish I took ownership. And I feel very bad about this many years later. Um, I I told everybody somebody didn't come on my chest when they did come on my chest. And I would like to come <laughs> forward with that right now. Here's what has happened, okay? We are already, we are Is this with, your Kinkle's boyfriend? No, not even. Wow. Him finished, okay? Or uh, maybe he was, uh, I don't even remember him. He well, he didn't finish. Oh! Exactly. Never. Um, you better do the sound cue for the bravam ching. I will. For that. Um, he, so I, it was a new crush. This guy, Seth, shout out to Seth. He owns a bagel shop. It's apparently delicious. In Montreal? In Montreal. Um, Montreal kind of kingdom of bagels. Really? Yeah. Truly. So I, we're in the good years of me, you know, studious years mm-hmm. of Robbie Hoffman at this point. We're in the last two years of high school. And I am very studious and I decide I cannot live in the squalor that is my home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my siblings and I are on top of it. We live in, in poverty. You know, there's cockroaches everywhere. Well, also, how it's, many, for the for the audience that's unfamiliar, how many siblings are you living with I have with nine siblings. Time? And my mother and my great uncle Eddie. So we're, who, we're in a house of 11. 12. 12. Yeah. 12. And... um just horrendous and my great uncle Eddie at this point is like you know losing function motors you know like he's peeing his pants and sitting on the couch it's all horrendous and, and are you sharing a room sharing a room with a million people me and my sisters um and it's it's just a nightmare and I decide I'm gonna write my my grandparents live in a little nice condo mm-hmm. near my high school wow it turns out and they have a guest room and my grandparents, to me, were very fancy because they had this guest room. Right. Even though they lived in a little condo, well, for the, me, it was like... Having an additional room that you're not using? It's crazy. Yeah. And it was a nice building. Like, it was like one of these, like, senior nice buildings. Mm-hmm. They didn't have cockroaches. They didn't have... You know what I mean? And so I, like, drafted them a letter, like, dearest Zadie, like, <laughs> if I could, you know, I'm actually doing really well in school. I think school could be my ticket out. I'm planning to do very well in school, and I think I'm going to, you know really figure this out into adulthood 
Um, but I really need to do well in school. So if there's any way I can stay with you for um, a few months until exams are over, that would be great. And grandmother was right away like, go get the girl. And like my grandfather picked me up and I would live with them for two or three months. Wow. Like, yeah, I would do like April, May, June. That's and so I would nice. live in that room and I would have a very normal experience of having my own room and like space. And it was just awesome and studying. And my grandparents would go up north like they were like regular, like they would. My grandfather was like painting up north and he would sometimes leave for the weekend and they would go out with friends or whatever. So they leave and you in the apartment. So they left me with the apartment. And I did the one thing you shouldn't do. I threw a party because I felt like I never get to have people over at my house. No. because My house is such a shithole. I never invite people over there in my life. Right. But this is this is a place that I could be proud of. It's clean. It's neat. It's nice. Like whatever. People would come here. It's like my grandparents bought. So I got to host. Everybody came over and it was so fun. Of course, somebody broke something and whatever. And then Seth. Are we drinking the Manischewitz? Yeah. And somebody had weed. I had. I don't know if I had tried it then. I think we had tried it and hadn't worked. We had coughed. But like, yeah, all like a little bit of everything, yeah. but very like low key. I think it probably ended at 11. Sure. Like people probably came over at nine and by 11, like whatever. And Seth stayed back. My new crush guy I was seeing. And but it was on grandmother's couch and I'm very worried. And so he was like, I don't know if I was like jerking him off over me or he was jerking off or something, but he was over me and his penis was like low. <laughs> And then like he wanted to come. What do you mean come. his penis No, was like he was low. on top, like lying on top of me. Yeah. Okay. And we were like, either he was jerking off, I was jerking him off. We were both doing it. I can't remember. But I remember saying, he was like, where should I come? And I was like, definitely not on the couch. He has to come on me. <laughs> so then I was like my stomach. And I think he suggested my tits. Yeah. And so he came on my tits and like, I waited for him to come back and whatever, clean it. And then he told everybody, of course, because how exciting for him. Well, yeah, so exciting 16, for him. Whatever. So he tells everyone, and I deny it. I say it's my stomach. <laughs> okay, this is the big lie I'm coming forward with now. Okay, it was my chest. He was right the whole time. He shouldn't have been saying that. No, he should not okay, have. Okay, it's rude to kiss and tell. Never mind, come and tell. And you know what? Stomach and tits. It's like they're both bad. I don't even know why I, I thought was I was gonna like say, saving. I think it's so funny that you thought that coming on the stomach is somehow better than coming on your tits. It was wild at the time. And now I don't have tits. So RIP to them too. Uh, um, you know, and, and, and then Seth, in the weirdest twist. So then that summer, my great uncle Eddie dies. Okay. But Who was living summer, with you? Yes. I I went to a summer camp that also allowed subsidy. And mm-hmm. a lot more poor kids went to this camp. It's a great camp. Shout out. What's it called? To Camp in Abrith. They do amazing work. It's really, I mean, it's mostly a wealthy camp, but it's also pay what you can. And it's a very, very, they're extremely considerate and amazing. Good. And, and they do amazing work. And then my friends all went to this Richie camp where they unpack for you and whatever. And my friend told me, my friend was like, no, come to our camp. Now that it's staff, like you should just come to our camp. And I'm like, no, I feel like I got to work at my camp. Mm -hmm. They've helped me so many years. It's been a great camp. And I have all my camp friends there now. So I did that. And I said, but watch Seth for me. Because Seth went to this Richie camp with her. You know, keep an eye on him. You know, because he became your boyfriend. Yeah, we were like dating. And she said, yeah, yeah. And then my great uncle dies and we're all home. It's at the end of the summer. And she tells me she has to confess that her and Seth (gasps) hooked up and whatever. No. Yeah, Yeah, best friend at the time. And it it wasn't. Chenille. It was Chenille. Chenille. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we have an awkward start to the year. We're both, uh, you know, talking, whatever. And um, I remember we were in football practice. We had both also been forced to join the girls' football team, which was the first version of this. They were doing girls' football at my school for the first time, and they this is how they recruited the team. They came into Hebrew class one day and they're like, whoever doesn't want to do Hebrew Tuesdays and Thursdays, line up, you can do football. And we all just lined up. <laughs> yeah. And none of us knew what to do for football. Girls football, that's very progressive. Yeah, we I ne- we never scored a point. I never knew what was going on. I couldn't understand the X's and the O's. We never, we were the worst school in history. And I remember we were at practice one day and we were talking and I remember that like feeling like, you know, Shinny was felt very bad that her and Seth had this connection and they were still talking and wanting to date, but they wanted to make sure. And I was like, this is like a sign either that I'm a lesbian or was extremely mature. I was like, you know what? It seems like you guys have a genuine connection. I don't think like if this was just for like a one night stand or something, not 
you know, something that like you could not do. Then, but I do think this could be a fruitful experience for you, and you guys could have a good relationship. And it ended up being her first serious relationship. They dated like a year and a half. My God, and it was a great relationship. We were able to move on from wow, it. Wow, Robbie, yeah. that's so mature of you. It was very mature. So maybe I don't eat this guy. This guy, maybe hey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this guy had come and told everyone she had stolen my boyfriend, and I'm still fine with it. I mean, very good because that would have been like truly the end of the world for most people yeah to have a guy lie about coming well to have you feel that you had to lie about him coming on your tits and then to have yeah. your best friend start dating him it's wild triple whammy it's wild um if you could give your high school self any advice what would it be <sighs> high school advice if you could give yeah, yeah like but, yeah. if you could talk to your 15 year old 16 year old 17 year old self and say robbie you know, there's no shame. I would say less shame of, of being poor and, you know, all that stuff and um, hiding who who you are. But I didn't do it. It's tough to look back because I think I did the best that I could with that. But I wish I felt less shame about my uh, economic situation because that was really the biggest glaring difference. I mean that yeah for me in high school it felt like the gay stuff didn't come to laughter so I was fine it sounds like your high school also did a horrid job of uh, <laughs> yeah, making I think it's you at better. all feel included yeah it's much better now and they did still give me a great education and there were many teachers you know it yeah. was great but there were definitely blind spots in certain areas for sure did you have a prom was that we something did. in the culture oh uh, well this i ruined the prom for the group also i got a cornea abrasion this is horrendous um it's called the grad dance there and, and and we had i scratched my cornea taking out my contacts i got the contacts to like be better in the group and then <laughs> i scratched my cornea and i had to like go to the eye doctor just before and he put this like yellow dye in to my see eye that was glow. like on my cheek forever and then he was like I can give you a white eye patch if that helps like for prom and I'm like I can't wear a white eye patch <laughs> and basically in all the pictures I'm like one eye open like I clearly can't open this eye <laughs> and when my friend sent us all the grad pictures she had gotten I was cut out of all of them like I was like they already relegated me to the end of the group in the in the photos like they're like you stand at the end and I stood at the end so it was like easy for them to just crop me out but I was really disaster looking in those pictures. Like, What'd you I, I wear? Mean, what was the look? Okay, so I had, this is something I'm very guilty about too. My mother took me dress shopping mm -hmm. and I went with my one of my sisters who has terrible taste at the time and I ended up walking out. I felt pressured by my mom and my mother had like saved up to do this for me. Like right. my mother was like, no, I have $350 and I want to buy you a dress. Yeah. Like she had really wanted to do this for me. And I had all this pressure. We went to this, the garment district in Montreal where it was like, you can get cheaper dresses, mm -hmm. like dresses that sell for like 500 at BCBG mm -hmm. were like 200 there or something like BCBG, that. BCBG, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I tried on this mermaid style dress, which for those who don't know, and I only learned it then, was like, it's very tight, 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 tight until the knee. Mm -hmm. At which point it freaking flares out. out. And it was hot pink with black piping. Wow. Okay. And I hate, I knew my gut instinct was I hate it. <laughs> But as I was walking, my mother was so, oh, you look beautiful. Like my mother was like so into it. And my sister was like, you're going to be cool. Everybody's in these other shits and you're in this. And I'm like, it looked so prommy. <laughs> and everybody by that point was like buying cooler dresses from yeah. like CBG and stuff like that. So I was like, I don't know. And I just did it. And then right away, I knew I could not wear it. We got home with the dress. It was enormous. And I right away knew I could not wear it. And so we sent it. At the time, one of the last, like I was still somewhat communicative with my father and my stepmother here in Los Angeles. And my stepmother thought, well, along with my sister who forced me to get the dress, that they could sell it. And I think my stepmom died having never sold it. And to oh, this no. day, I feel like I should give my mother the money back. And I ended up going dress shopping with my other friend, Allie. Shout out to Allie and her mother. And they took me to the small Rockland. And I got like from a nothing from like a Susie Shear. Uh -huh. where I bought my my dress which is like a nothing store for like $120 it was like just a classic pink it went out like it reminded me of like Carrie Bradshaw's dress yeah and the sex opening the sequence city. of Sex in the City yeah it just like went out the tutu yeah and it was just like a little tube dress that went out and we bought a bow at like 
clairs that went on it and it was perfect except i had the cornea abrasion and ruined all the pictures <laughs> um did you have a senior quote like was that a thing no i did all inside jokes for my for my yearbook and yeah. i really regret it because i was smarter than that but i was pressured by the group again that we're all doing jokes <laughs> so it's like who mentioned what and what and i didn't have a senior quote but i wish i had and I guess, you know, last but not least, because I could truly talk to you for forever. Truly. Might have to do part two. I, we got to do part two. Um, did you have a senior superlative? What is superlative? So a senior superlative is like your class will vote. It depends on what kind of school you went to. Some, I, some kids voted like, you know, most athletic, best smile, best hair, or most likely to be on TV, most likely to be famous, most likely to be a teacher, most likely whatever it is. I did think we have one and I have my yearbook at home and I could check it. I, I think I got one that was really apt because I looked at it not long ago, like a few years ago when I was moving mm-hmm. and I can't remember it, but maybe it had something to do with big mouth <laughs> or like even like most annoying or something like that was like very accurate and true. And nothing anybody else would want. Well, you need to go and look it up and confirm. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll keep keep. Uh, Greta's going to fill you in. I'm going to fill. I'm going to fill We're everyone gonna in. Fill us in. Robbie, where can everyone find you and follow you and just consume all things, Robbie? Robbie Hoffman on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I am Robbie Hoffman on Twitter. Um, I'm working on a bunch of things that hopefully you can see on television at some point. Can't wait. Uh, but in the meantime, follow me to see live shows, Robbie Hoffman on Instagram, and I am Robbie Hoffman on Twitter. Wow. A couple of semi viral tweets. You know me. What, I get 300 likes sometimes? It's not nothing. Insane. Yeah. Amazing. Best yeah. Twitter in the biz. Yeah. Best comic in the biz. Thank you. You heard it here first. Well, um, coming from you, it's not nothing. Look. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another amazing, incredible episode of Senior Superlatives. Subscribe, leave five stars, only leave positive reviews. Remember, this is a free service. I remind everyone you get this for free. So just be positive, you know what I mean? And if you don't like it, stop listening. And until next time, as always, uh, stay cool, never change. Love you, Greta. Love you, Robbie. That was a HeadGum Podcast.